I believe in a world where we take the small steps to become the people we were designed to be. Welcome to the Becoming Congruent Movement. In this podcast, we explore people and concepts around becoming who you were designed to be, the profound power of our unique human experience. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Hicks, and I'm excited to take this journey with you. Let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Becoming Congruent. Today, I am here with Monet Izquierdo. Monet is the co-founder of Plant La Vie, a Tampa plant nursery which features Flora, Tampa's first mobile plant shop. It's part walk-in plant shop and mobile greenhouse and is a retro, groovy, and plant-loving camper. Monet and Matt take Flora all over Tampa to pop up at events and markets. They truly love plants and believe that there's a language of taking care of each other in the individual plant spirit. They found a unique relationship between themselves and all of their plants, and they love sharing this with the community. The company officially launched in 2021 and is already very successful. When she's not working at Plant La Vie, Monet is also a cycle and Pilates instructor at Camp Tampa. She has generated a large following and is known for her positive affirmations and ability to make any room magical. I am so thrilled to have you join us today, Monet. Awesome. Welcome, Monet. We are so excited to have you today. Um, we are going to talk through a bunch of topics, but the, the first question that we have for you is um, what inspired the idea for Plant La Vie? We're really excited to hear about your business. Okay, so there's so many things that just kind of like happened within the past, I would say two, two to three years that I think really culminated this idea and this concept. Um, I've always had like this love for plants, right? I feel like they really ground me. Um, I definitely, especially in my life where I'm constantly doing things I'm constantly having to you know be on and be connected because I teach it was really important to me to find ways to ground myself and things like meditation and things like that were really helpful but getting my hands in the dirt and seeing something grow after giving so much attention and love and care to it was really really inspiring to me so it started with like three or four plants and then it became this small obsession in a small <laughs> apartment where it was like 20 plants. And then my partner was like, okay, we're capping it at 25. And then we moved into a house and then it was more. And so it just kind of evolved into something even more. And it was a ritual, right? Like every single Saturday, I would take all my plants out. I would water them. I would prune them. I would feed them. And so then it became this ritual for me to be able to take care of them and nurture them and understand why are some plants not happy? Why are they growing? Why aren't they growing? So then it became this like notebook of education, right? And so then that kind of, you know, started with this love of plants. And my partner and I have always thought, you know, we would love to have a business. We would love to own our own business. And so then it became, okay, well, maybe we could take this and turn it into a business, right? So we did a road trip to California, lived in a van for 10 days, and it was so inspiring because then we were like, well, we kind of don't want a brick and mortar. We really want to do this like 
maybe not on the road, but more so we can travel. And then the whole like retro camper thing came about where we ended up finding the Shasta camper. We ended up YouTubing all these videos <laughs> to figure out how to fix it. And then it just became what she is today. Her name is Flora. Um, Plant La Vie, the name. So originally I wanted something indigenous. I don't know why, but I did. And then my on my mom's side, we're all French. And so then I was like, maybe we can make it like, I don't know, maybe the name could be French, right? And then I remember like say la vie and then I was like, oh, plant la vie, like it means like plant life. And so that's kind of how like everything kind of unfolded um, into what it is today. I love that. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. love it. It's so it's so unique. <laughs> Thank you. So tell us a little bit about what you do. So obviously, uh, Flora is mobile plant um, plant shop, right? So how do you engage with customers? How do you, uh, you know, is it like a food truck? Like, do you drive around and people just um, recognize you or whatever? How do you um, advertise for it? Give us a, a little bit. It's such a unique concept. Like, give us more. Thank you. So basically, we love connecting with local businesses. That's literally our favorite thing to do um and synergistic local businesses right so if there's a way that i mean we're still really new if there's a way that we can like bring people together because the thing is like plants like connect people right we get connected to the plant and the plant connects people together and it becomes this amazing community of people that want to not only learn from other people that know about plants but also it's a way for us to really grow and evolve so Typically, like when we drive around, we have like Flora's big bumper sticker on her, on the back of her. Um, and it's really, really cool because we will get people that come up to us and say like, oh my goodness, we get to see Flora in person. And it like, then it like, now this like camper is a person, right? It's a personality, yeah. um, which is really fun to kind of experience. But typically in like when people come to an event that we're at, it really is for us, what's really important is building a relationship with them and building a community with them. And we get, we've started to see some repeat customers, which feels really good. Um, and the thing is, is that, you know, I am that kind of person that, you know, if something happens to your plant or something is going really wrong, or, you know, you're just not quite sure, like what's, you know, how to take care of it. I'm here for you, right? I'm, I'm a wealth of knowledge to, be able to depict, hey, like this is what's going on with your plant. Maybe try X, Y, and Z to see if that helps, right? Um, because what I experience in the plant world is sometimes I would not be able to experience that if I went somewhere where I wasn't completely supported and educated on like, this is the care that this sort of plant really needs. And so what I would go to is I would go to YouTube, like how do I take care of this kind of plant? And that kind of helped me understand maybe this is what people are looking for when they come to our small little shop that's 13 feet by six feet right they don't know where to start i love to be completely honest with people like if you're a beginner plant person these are the plants that you would probably that will do really really well in your space and we'll talk about lighting and what kind of room it's going to be in and going to be outside or inside but the biggest thing for me is that I want people to understand that I'm here to support them in their plant journey, right? And 
plants have an energy and they bring that to your home and your space and it's very sacred and it's important and it's okay if plants die that's gonna happen right it happens to all of us experienced plant people but if there's ways that we can prevent it or if we can figure out ways to help and nurture the plant in a different way then i'm here to help you kind of figure that out yeah so I have been following you on social media and I love the different reels and things that you do. Um, exactly like you said, kind of like re reinventing those YouTube videos. And I'm sure that you're looking at some of the most common things that happen or questions that people ask you. Um, what is one of your like favorite plant tips or rituals that you've given that you feel like people really kind of are drawn to? Um, the number one plant tip I feel like is to not overwater your plants. <laughs> that is the, literally, that is like the death of plants. <laughs> Most of people over, overwater and overlove them. Right. And sometimes some plants just kind of want to do their own thing, you know, and I always say it's safer to underwater them than to overwater them that's like been the biggest tip and then i love plant insurance right if you propagate if you get a new plant, you propagate it and then something happens to the mother plant and you have a propagation then it's like my plant insurance tip i'm like cut a piece when you get home stick it in water and if this thing if this doesn't work out then you have one still left or you can give it to a friend right yeah, that's, that's so right. I've been thinking about watering it too. It, like you said, over loving, I think we've all done that before. So sometimes the most simple tips are the best ones. Cause I know sometimes I look at mine, like, should I water them again? But no, you gotta, gotta <laughs> let them be. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there where I've overwatered them. And now like, cause I will get a lot of people, whether they purchase from us or not purchase from us, will send me, you know, they'll send me a DM and they'll send me like a screenshot of their plant. Like, do you know what's going on? And typically off the bat, I can usually always tell just by the markings on the plants, I can usually tell what they're communicating. Um, and then from there, I'll kind of give that person some tips and suggestions to kind of save them if it's, <laughs> if it's savable. If it's savable, right. <laughs> you can salvage it. That's yeah. right. Right here is a, a maybe a question you might know or not know, uh, but how long are pizza leaves supposed to live? Honestly, forever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> the, the only plant I've ever kept alive is a pizza leaf that was given to me as a goodbye gift from my office in 2011. And it's, wow. it's alive. It's barely alive, but it's, it's alive. Now, so. that one you can overwater that one that they love water oh i bet that's why it's struggling moving to colorado means it's very dry here compared to florida and i'm sure that it's not being watered as often as it needs to be then my pizza leaves i can literally water them i mean i'm i'm the kind of person i get when people are like i need something low maintenance i get those people i'm like i get you i understand you pizza leaves like they just the thing is about pizza leaves is that they will communicate to you, right? Their leaves will get droopy. Oh, and droopy. yes. They're very yeah. talkative. They're so talkative. And then you give them a good, good amount of water and they perk right back up, right? So I always tell people, like, if you are an overwaterer and you're okay with your plant communicating to you, 
that one's a good one to go with. Okay. Okay. I love it. Yeah. It's one of the things I used to, when I was um, single and living by myself, it was the only living thing in my, in my condo. And I would say she would just, she her she would be completely droopy and I'd be like, oops, I guess uh, she's telling me, she's giving me, she's giving me some warning there. Like I've made her very sad because I've forgotten about her for however long. So that's so funny. You know, what's super interesting is like, you know, the great thing about like being mobile and stuff is that we meet all these people, right? It's so, it's so much fun. And I had this guy come up to us at one market and he was like, yeah, like my grandmother gave me like two of her plants and they're over a hundred years old because they've been passed down from generation to generation. Wow. Like he had like, I can't remember if it was a cactus and a pothos, but he said he had two plants from his grandmother that were over like 120, 100 years old. So they can live a really, really, really long time. So. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. I don't know if I would want that on my shoulders. I think I would be. I know. I feel like a lot of pressure. <laughs> Can you imagine like your, your house is full of plants, like 70 plants. And you're like, okay, I'm passing this down to my next generation. Here are all 70 of my plants. <laughs> yeah. At least with 70, if one dies off or something, there's still more family. If he, if he just has two, like that's a lot of pressure. You got to keep those two alive. They've been in the family for so You don't want to be the generation, the guy in the, in the family who killed the plants. <laughs> right. So switching back to just kind of from an entrepreneurship standpoint, entrepreneurship, if I can speak, um, tell like, um, I know that as you told your story, you said it happened kind of really organically and, and just, at, you know, based on like a true love, but now that you, that you look and you say, oh my gosh, we have a business, we're entrepreneurs in this space doing this. What are some of the, the kind of highs and lows of, of being in that space officially? Yeah, that's such a great question. You know, I personally, I don't have any experience in marketing. I don't have any experience in um, owning a business and no one in my family does. I'm the first generation to do that. And um, really what I feel like what has driven us so much is that we kind of know what like the end goal is. And maybe it's never an end goal, right? It's always a continuous evolution of, you know, we do want this to be our full-time thing. We do want to be able to, you know, make this what we are living, right? And I think what really helps is to have a partner that is, you know, when I'm down, they can lift me up and vice versa. That definitely is really helpful. And to have a really solid female women friend group that is very 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 strong and supportive too um i'll start with the lows <laughs> definitely the lows is like if like we started this business and you know there's a lot of other plant businesses in this area right and we came in and like we kind of have to prove ourselves like you know this is the value that we bring to you and you know, we've experienced where we haven't really experienced a lot of unhappy customers as of yet. I know that will come, but we have experienced just like, you know, things being a little bit weird with other plant people, um, whether they're newer businesses or not new. And that was really, really hard as um, an owner in this industry to kind of witness someone not being as nice. And so like, it kind of taught me a lot of lessons of like, first, how do you treat other people? And then also 
you know, you always have to stand in your truth and stand in who you are. And at the end of the day, like always remember like why you started the business, right? So definitely that was a low trying to figure out social media just cause like for me, you know, learning to do reels and IGTVs and TikToks and all that was a little bit overwhelming. It's fun, but it's a little bit overwhelming, right? And so for me, it was just diving deep into, you know, the algorithm and also trying to figure out what's trending, what's not, but then also creating a balance because then it got to a point where I was always on social media and doing those things. And then I was like, I need to remove myself and have a day or two where I'm not on there just scrolling constantly. Um, and then like now we've gotten to a point where um, what's really important is to always dedicate at least one weekend off a month because with markets and things like that, it there's a lot of momentum and you're trying to ride this wave of like, you know, being noticed and seen and always showing up, but then you have to have that healthy balance. And it was a hard in the very beginning where we were saying yes to everything. Right. And as yeah. a business owner, like if it's not always in alignment with, with where you're at or you're very drained and exhausted, it is okay to say no. And that was really hard for us in the beginning because there were events that we were doing that just weren't exactly in our best interest. And it was really hard for us to say no to them because we were so afraid of, oh, people aren't going to follow us or other people are going to get business and we're not and all of this stuff. And we just kind of had to come to that you know, revelation of like, we, it's okay to say no to certain things and it's okay to take a step back and take time off. And, um, I think that that is a constant journey of trying to figure out that balance. The highs are definitely the customers. Like that is literally the, like we experienced it like the, for the first time last month, but we had a couple recurring customers come and see us at a market again. And that felt so good, like to have someone like go out of their way or drive 20 to 30 minutes to come and see us. Um, that felt really great because it, to me, it means like, okay, we are kind of doing the right thing in regards to like creating a connection and making people feel like they're valuable and that their time, or if they want to share a 20 minute story about a cactus that they had, like that's valuable to us. Um, because at the end of the day, like, I know it's important to me, like, it's important when someone like a business owner is very, you know, wants to know about me and wants to understand, you know, what my needs are. And I, we hope that that's reciprocated to people. Um, and social media, like, it's fun. That's definitely a high. Um, it's definitely a high getting my partner to do funny dancing reels. <laughs> he's, he's definitely not on board for the first 30 minutes of it. And then I just have to just keep convincing. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that so much. So you said, um, going back, I know you've kind of talked a little bit about, um, some of the things you've just figured out along the way without that formal, you know, marketing training or business training, which is amazing. Um, have you had any mentorships or anyone that helped you design a business plan or build out some of those components as you have gone, or have you guys really, truly just kind of figured it out as you, as you went? 
Yeah. So honestly, it's been just figuring it out as we go. My partner has a, um, he's in marketing, but it's more like through IT and stuff like that. So he definitely has a lot of knowledge and he's from New York. So like he kind of has a good idea of um, like email marketing and um, he knows the importance of social media marketing. Um, but I do all the social. Um, I do most of the emails. We did our website ourselves. Um, we And so that's kind of been um, a big learning lesson. I, you know, I've definitely done a good amount of research to see what works and what doesn't. And we've kind of, that's the thing we've been just, I feel like everything that we do is an experiment, right? We see what works, we see what doesn't work and we're okay to pivot, which has been um, definitely a big tip. I haven't had any mentors that have helped us with the business. The only thing that personally I've had is I have like a meditation teacher that I work with and she definitely helps ground me because if I don't meditate or if I don't do the things that ground me, I feel like I get a lot of my inspiration in those moments where I'm able to sit still, listen and be quiet. Um, and she definitely helps me with that. And she definitely has some business. She, was, she has like a lot of business tactics and ideas, but she's a little bit older. She's a different generation than ours. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> Have you just thinking about, um, you know, being able to pivot, you obviously have a growth mindset and you're willing to just keep learning, which is, I think, you know, 90% of it is just being willing to, to pivot and, and make changes. Has there been anything that you really thought would work and it didn't work or vice versa, where you were kind of hesitant to try it and then it did way better than you expected? Yeah. So that's a good question. I would say definitely what I, so like in our industry, like markets, it's kind of like, that's kind of what we do. I think that's been the biggest learning lesson or what markets work well, like where, where we best fit. Right. And so, um, in a market-based industry, it definitely is challenging. And so what we've come to find out is like, we really love like connecting with local businesses. Um, like we work a lot with Cali and Sweet Soul. And another thing that, you know, we weren't sure if it was going to work or not is we do a lot of apartment events for the residents. And that literally we do so, so, so well because it's basically we're just right at their house and then get to come downstairs and pick out a plant and they go upstairs and they put it away. So it's like that is something that we weren't sure in the beginning how well it would do and we did like two or three and then like we get apartments every week reaching out to us asking if they'll do a resident event because most of these apartments now, especially in the Tampa Bay area, like there's apartments popping up everywhere and it's almost like they have to diversify themselves on the events that they offer their residents to kind of set themselves apart. And so we have been super lucky to be able to kind of hone in on that kind of market um, because it definitely is about like, that's definitely a relationship-based industry too, because, you know, they're doing something specific for the people that are paying rent at that space. And so having like a little vendor pop up is really enticing to them. So definitely like the thing that kind of has worked, like we just kind of been playing around with like where are we best fit. And then um, another thing that's been like, 
kind of this pocket in the industry that I feel like will probably get bigger, but is interior plant design. We've had a lot of people that, you know, either they just don't have the time for it, or they just don't know where to start that want us to come into their home and figure out what plants will do well in certain areas of their home. Sometimes we provide the pots and then we always provide the plants, of course, but that's been something that right now is just really like word of mouth. Um, I post about it every once in a while, but um, it really is like that has been a really good experiment, but we're still learning a lot about that because we notice like, some things here work, some things don't. And like, how do we kind of create this like service for people? Um, so that's, that's kind of like, we're still in the weeds there a little bit. And, you know, we always ask people for feedback, you know, like, what did you like about the experience? What didn't you like? Um, and then we're learning about what kind of questions to ask before we even get there. Like, do you want us to provide the pots? Do you want us to provide the pots in the plants? Like, so definitely like just that's been like a little bit of an experiment for us for sure in regards to like testing things out in this industry. Yeah, but it's testing is such an important part of the kind of entrepreneurial journey. And it, it brings to mind kind of you know, tips for other entrepreneurs is to have to, is to be open to the flexibility. So are there any areas as you started to think about, you know, your love of plants and turning it into a business, did you ever have a different idea and then kind of mold it to be what it is? Like, how did your ideas and your goals like shift and change over the process from, from start to kind of where you are now? So I think like, I, it's so crazy because I think it was just like a ping, right? It was like a ping, like, okay, we're just going to do this. We're, we're going to take this thing that we love and we're going to make it into something. Um, I think the biggest thing, so for instance, like online sales, right? We've come up, like we've done things and this is being a hundred percent transparent and honest as an entrepreneur, we've done, you know, weekly launches and we haven't sold a thing. Right. And mm -hmm. that happens. And so like, then we figure out, okay, why didn't we sell anything? Why, what could we have done differently? And so, and do we need to just not focus on that for right now and focus on something else? And so we kind of like, you know, we always kind of figure out what kind of questions can we ask ourselves so that, you know, we can continue to grow and expand because maybe we aren't. And that's kind of the thing. Uh, I think I'm answering this question. I think that's kind of like, that's been the biggest thing is like, are we going to become an online business where we just focus on online sales? Are we, going to just be a market-based into like business or are we going to be more interior plant design? and i think that that's kind of where we are at right now um and that's that's evolving we're still asking ourselves those questions but i think in the beginning i i didn't know that we were going to have the camper i originally i thought we were going to have a sprinter van because we were thinking maybe we can have the sprinter van and then turn it into something that we can travel in um and then the camper idea came about and then, yeah, I kind of, after we had the camper and that started to unfold, then I kind of, then I was like, this is what it is. This is, this is the concept and the idea. Um, but yeah. That's awesome. 
going back to Flora, because I love her and I, I would call her her too. I love that it's she has that personality. Yes. So when you started, um, when you got her and you started kind of coming up with the vibe, I know it's like that groovy kind of like seventies vibe. How did that come about? Cause I think that also sets you guys apart from, you know, there's, like you said, there's so many different little plant stores, but yours certainly stands out. And I think part of it is the, the vibe that you've set. So how did you guys come up with that? Yeah, you know what? Like, it's so crazy. So this is the thing. We had, we got this, you know, we turned our and pivoted our idea from like a center van into like a retro camper. And so, you know, we found Flora, the Shasta camper, and she was rough when we got her. So she sat on this man's property for 40 years. We had to like get the title because he had never registered it in South Carolina. My partner drove all the way up there and like the walls were swinging apart. It's duct taped the whole thing together to get it back down to Florida. And so, you know, we just, you know, tried to figure out what kind of vibe we're going to go. So we kind of had this idea. There is um, a company called Tula House in New York City, and they took this box truck and basically turned the roof into like this clear greenhouse. So then that was my idea to turn the roof of the camper, half of it into a greenhouse. And then like we saw something on Pinterest or I saw something on Pinterest in Australia. It was like this blowout camper and they have the doors completely open. And I was like, that is it. That's what we need to do. We need to have the doors open and the, half the roof clear because we wanted it to feel really open and inviting. And especially with COVID, we didn't like, we really didn't know what things were going to look like in the next six months. Like how comfortable were people going to be going into a, a really small dark camper, especially if they can't see how many people are in there. Right. So we were like, let's just open everything up and make it feel really airy and light. And then the whole like retro camper thing really started to kind of evolve. Like it's, she's an old 67 camper. Let's do something retro and then groovy plants guaranteed came about. And we got this amazing artist. Her name is Elena Grant. She's amazing. I literally sent her paint samples. I sent her like, like I, in the first wall, it kind of has like three like waves. I sent her a picture of that from this artist in Berlin or something like that. I was like, I kind of want something like this. And she turned it into her like artwork masterpiece. And I'm so grateful for her because everything was hand painted. She was amazing. And so it just kind of like, it's so interesting how um, one idea will snowball into others and then it becomes this like full picture, you know? Yeah, definitely. And we'll have to post some pictures um, yes. on the podcast so everyone can see what you're describing because it is really cool. Yes. I can't, I can't wait to see it myself. I haven't seen a picture yet, so I can't wait to see it and uh, also post it. Thank you. <laughs> so um, we obviously want to know about your business, but I want to go over to your fitness instruction because that's how I discovered you. And I think I'm sure a lot of what you do there has um, positively impacted your business. Um, so tell us a little bit about the classes you teach first. We can chat a little bit about that. Yeah. So I've been in the fitness industry since college. So 10 years. <laughs> um, I actually have a biology degree. 
And so I graduated in Alabama and then I moved to Tampa literally on a whim and just continued to dive into this fitness industry. Um, I taught bar for a good amount of years and then I started teaching cycle and then I am certified in all apparatuses of Pilates. So um, mat Pilates, reformer, Cadillac, all that. And just continued to teach at my favorite studio called Camp. I love it there. Um, so I teach mat Pilates and cycle there. And I will say like, it is so healing and therapeutic for me because I love instruction. I love teaching. And it really is a way to connect, you know, I feel like I've met so many amazing people just teaching for as many years as I have. And it also has, you know, camp has been so supportive of our business since the very beginning, um, which is also a blessing because I feel as if like for us, like I kind of needed that validation, like, hey, this is okay to do this, even though you're doing, you know, you're, you're teaching. Um, and so teaching classes has definitely, you know, introduced me to a lot of amazing people, including you. And so that has been really, really rewarding. And I honestly think like teaching has grounded me as well. Like that is another thing that I do to help ground me, bring me back to earth and also fulfill me in a lot of ways. Yeah. Well, and I know from taking your classes, I mean, they are just magical. I think magical is the only word to describe. <laughs> and I'm sure others would say the same thing. Um, do you think some of the um, aspects of teaching, some of the skill sets that you have built teaching have helped with have helped you with your business? And if so, like, what are those? Yeah, I, so I'll be really honest. Like, so when I was growing up, I was really shy very shy. I didn't like talking to anyone. I wanted to be the flower on the wall. I was in band, like that kind of broke me out of my shell a little bit. And what really got me out of my comfort zone was when I started to get in front of 30, 35 people and speak. That was really challenging for me. Um, and that helped me gain a lot of confidence, confidence in myself and confidence to feel good talking to someone about something. Um, and that has definitely helped me gain confidence to even start a business, like to be really honest, like I would have never, even though I would always write down in my manifestation journal, I want to own a business one day. I never knew that this would really happen and I didn't know what that was going to look like. And so for me, gaining a lot of confidence, speaking to people and feeling comfortable in my network and feeling comfortable that I'm able to share some tips and tricks with someone without feeling in second second guessing myself. Um, so definitely it has helped me gain a lot of confidence and also appreciation for people and knowing what it feels like to, you know, I'm sure we've all been to a class where you just didn't feel connected to someone, right? And it made such a big difference. And that has definitely taught me a lot being in this business because I think that does set you apart. Like if you're someone that you know, makes a connection with someone and talks to someone for five minutes more because it's not about a transaction. That is not, that is not what this is about. This is about a connection with someone. And I think that to our core is what is really important. And sometimes we forget about that and then we kind of have to bring ourselves back there. 
Yeah, definitely. I think that is so, that point is um, so resonant with me and really something that I think people miss um, about doing business, right? That business should be about connecting to people. And it doesn't matter if you're selling something as kind of groovy as plants or as kind of mundane as a widget or a bolt or, you know, whatever pliers it is, is about what do people need? Why would they want the thing that you have and how can you help them achieve their goals with what you offer? Right. And that's a connection. It's a relational piece to business. And, you know, Rachel and I do work in kind of the, the professional services, which is all about, you know, a, an intangible service that you're offering, but it, it isn't any different, um, whether you're talking about intangible or tangible, it's about how can what I have, whether that's skills, services, or a physical thing, but obviously it's beyond plants. It's also your expertise and your care and your, your, uh, you know, your passion about it. And how can I help you reach the goal that you want, whether that's a more comforting and peaceful space, um, the design of that space, how the how you know how to keep a plan alive that's been in your family for 120 years, you know, um, or on our side, whether it's you know facilitating an event or you know helping people achieve strategic goals in their organization or whatever. Um, that relational piece is so important, and I'm so glad you you mentioned that because it is not a transaction; it is truly connection and relationships. So, uh, yeah, thanks for highlighting that. Yeah, I mean. I feel like I've learned, I've seen both sides of the coin, right? Where I've seen like businesses only care about how much someone's spending and only value someone on how much they spend. In, in Tampa, we see it. And I feel as if that would make me feel really icky, right? It made me feel really like, <laughs> icky inside. I'm like, yeah. oh, I like that. And then it, it, people pick up on that energy where they are deterred and whether we see it or not, like we understand when someone truly cares. And I, I like working at camp, it's definitely, I've seen that love and that care for their why. And being a part of that is definitely something that I want to take a piece of and hopefully can give to people because yeah, it really, it's not about that. It's about really just making someone feel like they're heard and seen and, and, cared for even for a blip of time. Right. Um, and it's about the experience too. So you mentioned the connection, but I mean, the whole reason why you would go to a market or, you know, want to shop for a plant, part of it is the experience. Like you want to browse and you want to figure out like, you know, I'm adding this to my home. So it, it is, it's interior design and it's a connection with the plant. And so you know, it's interesting that other businesses maybe aren't as self-reflective as you are, but it's that whole experience. Like you think about the experience from beginning to end. It's not about the money. It's not about the actual, sometimes even the plant. It's about, I'm having this great Saturday. I'm at this market and this is my experience. So I love that you look at it that way because when, as the consumer, we certainly do, um, you know, that, that makes the whole experience. If you have a bad experience, you're not going to go back to that person. Right. Yeah. Or someone doesn't pay attention to you because the thing is, is that like, we don't, we really don't know what people are going through. Right. And that is what I always, and if people are there for plants, they're there to probably heal. Right. The plant, I always say, I don't like, I don't care if you purchase from me. I like, I don't care if you want to just come and experience, if you want to just be around them for a minute or so, that's totally fine. But they will call you. They will call you if they're meant to go home with you at the right time and space. And I think I, I've just experienced so many 
people, like you really just never know what people are going through. And if they're there to be in your presence for some sort of reason, they're probably there to be seen or be heard. And all I got to do is have an open, open heart and listening ears, right? And maybe they're only there to share a little blip or they're not there to share it much at all. But um, I think that it, we always have to kind of bring ourselves back to that. Like we always have to bring ourselves back to that space of, you know, no matter who comes our way, like no matter who comes to a market or an experience that we really have to value the people there, no matter where they're from, because I we really don't know what their experience is on this physical plane. Yeah. Yeah, you know, there's something really magical about the way that you make purchasing decisions when you are connected to the business. I was thinking as you were talking about my, I have a, a great love of finding like co-op spaces, like um, where a bunch of artisans have come together and they, they, you know, have those. I love walking through stores that have like a bunch of different local artists um, kind of combined. It's one of my passions. And I will be compelled to buy something that is would never have been on a list or something that I need because I just connect with it in this very, and, and they'll become these very precious pieces of whatever, whether it's art or something practical, like a, a spoon or a spatula. Like I've, I have bought some really random things and sometimes something just calls to you. Um, I had this experience a couple of weeks ago. I saw a, a local artist were making these pins and one of them was a backpack and it says, you don't have to carry everything alone. And I bought it and I didn't really have a purpose for it. I don't have anywhere I can put, you know, giant pins, um, but I just bought it and I brought it home and it was sitting on my dresser in its little package. And last week I had a friend called me who's going through something. And I just thought this was meant for me to send this to her. Right. And, you know, because to your point, like things will call to you and sometimes it's not even about you and you're just the conduit to get it to the place it's supposed to go. Right. But, but something will call to you and that, you only have that if you create the right energy in a space, right? Mm -hmm. And and businesses who are able to be authentic and cultivate that kind of um, welcoming feel and that kind of good energy is just they're they're magical to use Rachel's word on your other classes. But <laughs> <laughs> well, as we start to wrap up, um, I want us to end on kind of your your best uh, advice. I mean, we talked about highs and lows, but like your best advice to those you know, women entrepreneurs or really any entrepreneurs who are like in that, that desire stage that they, they may have an idea or they just have a, a burning in their soul that they, that they know they want to do something or someone who has a really, you know, passion around something and would love to turn it into more of a business, even if it's a, a side business, but you know, what would you say to them um, in terms of, uh, you know, just whatever tips that you would say from entrepreneur to entrepreneur? So the thing that you probably would hear from mostly everyone is just to do it, right? I would definitely recommend um, try to find a community of people that have, whether they're, if you're a woman-owned business or even a woman of colored-owned business, try to find a community of people that have started a business and start asking questions. I guarantee you most people are going to share their highs and lows with you. If not, they're not your person, but right. literally like, reach out to someone, DM someone um, that you're inspired by, because literally if, you know, they can do it, if I can do it, you can do it. And 
don't be afraid if it's a similar industry either, right? And you're trying to ask questions. The right person is gonna give you the right feedback. That happened to me. I had a neighbor that owned a plant business and she literally gave me a lot of awesome tips. So don't be afraid to connect with someone that you are inspired by um, to pick at their brain and ask them questions on how they got started. Oh, I love that. Don't, you don't have to be it alone, even if it's, even if it's someone kind of in your space, right? Um, I love that so much. Well, we are so, so blessed to have you um, here on the show with us. Thank you so much for sharing all of your insights. And in the show notes, we're going to have links to, um, to Flora and, and <laughs> Florida and, uh, and, and links to you. And we just encourage everyone, particularly if you're in the, in the Tampa Bay region to go and, and see Flora and buy some plants. And if you're not there, then look online, right? <laughs> yes. Thank you both so, so, so much. This is such a beautiful organic conversation. I'm so happy to be on this podcast. So thank you guys. All right. Thank you thank so much. You. <laughs> This has been another episode of the Becoming Congruent podcast, a production of In Pursuit, outcomes-driven, impact-focused. Thanks for listening. I'll see you around the journey soon.